0: Welcome back to the League Podcast. In 2016, he stormed onto the scene as regulators, finishing runner-up in his first year. Ever since, he's been mired in mediocrity, with no playoff appearances in the last five years. Is this the season his fortunes change? Coming off of a huge Week 8 victory against... Someone. I forget. It's not important who... Luke is back in the playoff picture, sitting in sixth, and ready to make a run for the championship. We'll talk with him about his team, what NFL storyline is capturing his attention, and finally, we'll open up our mailbag for a flurry of questions from you, the listeners. Thanks for joining. Let's get started.
1: Luke. Hey, Zach. Great to be here. You did it, man. You are Thanks for the intro.
0: Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. You're on the hot seat now. You don't even know what you got yourself into.
1: I know. You tracked me down. I tried to be <laughs> as anonymous as possible, but I'm here. We
0: made it happen, man. So glad you did. So glad you made the time. Um, yeah. So we'll dive right into your team. You have been, uh, I'm not sure how much you've listened to the podcast. You've been getting a ton of love on the podcast. A lot of people predicting big win streaks for you that you might be able to take it all. Uh, you just had a huge showing this past week in our matchup. 212 points. It is the third most points that have been scored uh, in a game this season. Uh, You are the only player to have hit more than 210 twice. You are, despite being in sixth place, currently in first in overall points scored. So as you look at your team heading now into week nine of the season with uh, I think five or six weeks left in the regular season, what stands out to you?
1: Yeah. Well, uh, thank you. Um, it was, uh, a tough go at it. I would say for a while, Uh, hopefully I'm uh, turning things around a little bit, but, um, yeah, I think in general, uh, it's good to get back on in the winning column. I've had some real tough luck, I would say. And, um, I think I can pull it together a little bit, but it's it's going to be a tough down the road, too, because I don't have uh, everything in place like, like I was hoping at this point in the season.
0: Yeah, and what does everything in place mean for you?
1: Well, if you look at my roster, there's pretty big obvious hole in terms of quarterback. I have uh, everything else set up the way I, I really wanted it to go. Um, I, I hit pretty well on my first four picks um, in the draft, and we can get to that a little bit later. Um, but really, I'm at this point in the season, I'm going week to week in terms of I don't know who I'm going to be starting at quarterback this coming week, so it's it's really up in the air for me. Um, but the other guys have really pulled through and, and give me some points. Uh, so I, I've had some uh, pretty steady performances from. My running backs and wide receivers, but re- really in a hole there in terms of quarterback.
0: Yeah, and that, that's the scary thing for me is like if you had legit quarterbacks, like what this season would look like for you. If Trey Lance hadn't gone down week two, if Tua, uh, you know, hadn't given us all a break for like three weeks <laughs> and and been out, um, yeah, it's it's hard to imagine what your team would be like. So, talk to us about intentionality. So right now, week nine, we're looking at your team, lots of strengths. Teams get built a lot of different ways, right? You build through the draft, you build through free agent pickups. Uh, some people uh, build through trades as well. Talk to us, of the guys that you have here, um, w- was this luck? Was this on purpose? How'd you go about building your team this year?
1: Uh, I would say a combination of of both uh, in terms of I did see how everything was falling in the draft. I, I was very shocked, I guess, in the first five picks. There were four quarterbacks off the board. I knew they would be coming fast in this two QB league, but uh, that caught me off guard a little bit. At the same yeah. time, I saw it as an opportunity uh, in terms of that meant there's a lot of a lot of guys dropping that wouldn't drop yeah. in a normal standard league. Um, so I was shocked to see McCaffrey there. Sitting at, I had the eighth pick in the draft. Yeah. So when when he was there, um, I was thrilled about that and realized that I could really strengthen other positions. Um, I tend to build my team in go into the draft in terms of tiers. Um, so when I saw all those first tier quarterbacks off, I knew mm-hmm. that, um, I I could grab uh a first tier running back and then go from there. Uh, in terms of what I've been doing on the waiver wire, I would say it really is plugging holes week to week. I, I, In the past, I've really tried to not make so many moves and s- stick with what I have. And I've done that pretty well with my starting roster. Um, but at this point, I really need points from a quarterback. So I'm... Yeah. I'm really thrift shopping there. So I, I have a lot of um, bench positions open, just hoping that a quarterback Uh, We'll stay healthy, we'll get injured, uh, an opportunity will present itself there.
0: Yeah, you've got a few lottery tickets there when it comes to quarterbacks on your bench. Um, So you've talked about quarterback being the area where you're looking to upgrade. You have a glut of talent, particularly in your starting roster when it comes to running back and receiver. Um, If you're to telegraph some intention out there uh, about trades, and again, it seems like you have a strategy on quarterback, which is, I hope one of these guys on my bench works out. Uh, And only you can make a decision as the end of the season comes to a close of how you want to position yourself for the long run. But uh, if you're to put some trade feelers out there to the listeners, um, what do you have to work for? uh, What do you have to work with um, in terms of trade bait? And uh, what level of quarterback are you looking to get?
1: Right. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, So I think I do have a few extra running backs. In fact, that's been my toughest week to week decision is to figure out who my third running back is because as people have touched on in the past, this is really good league in terms of being able to play start five wide receivers. I I have maybe about four of those. And um, I had a strategy with tight ends going into the draft that, that really blew up in my face. Um, So when I did see all these quarterbacks going off the board, I was sitting there chuckling, thinking, okay, I can take two tight ends and I'll, I'll swap one of these guys. Well, uh, Pitts and Waller decided not to show up yet in the right. season. I'm hoping they wake up soon, but uh, that, that threw, really threw a wrench in my plans. Um, but in terms of what I have to offer then is I'm hoping both those guys are waking up and mm-hmm. starting to produce and I might have an extra tight end. Um, and then, I do have an extra running back to work with. I'm kind of uh, strong up top with wide receivers, but not a lot of depth there.
0: Yep. Yep. All right, listeners. Uh, Luke Luke has laid out some of his options that he's willing to trade. Um, And of course, you might get blown away by something, right? I think think no one ever wants to trade away their top end uh, talent. Um, And so most people, certainly I would put myself in this category, don't think of even uh, trading anyone that they might have drafted in in the top three four rounds but then once people are actually traded trading like talent for like talent then it becomes a different equation there
1: yeah i i'll i'll say i was close to blowing up my team after a couple of these tough losses and saying i just need a quarterback yeah uh, even if it's uh a middle of the road quarterback um and i definitely thought a couple times i couldn't quite pull the trigger on getting rid of maybe one of my top wide receivers for what I thought was maybe someone else's bench quarterback. So that was a tough decision that I've thought about. Um, But I'm glad I'm staying the course at this point in time. I I agree with you in terms of you kind of ride with who got you there. Yeah. Um, And I'm still hopeful that things turn around a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's always easy to feel really good about your team coming off of a 200 point week and and a victory, and you know, launching yourself sorry, into sorry for
1: the loss there. Yeah. It's <laughs> I happening.
0: I have accepted this. This is just going to be a, a funky kind of season uh, for me. Um, and you actually, you talked about your tight ends there. I forgot about that as well too. That that you had you drafted arguably two of the you know quote unquote premier tight ends. In the league, uh, Kyle Pitts was just shooting up draft boards all right. summer long. People were thinking he was going to be that number one offensive uh, centerpiece in uh, in Atlanta. And I guess I, I just think like lucky for us because your team would be scary if one or both of those tight ends hit. Um, if the quarterback picture had had played out differently. But I think it's clear. You know, numbers don't lie. Standings don't lie. You're positioned right now. For the playoffs, you're leading the league in uh, points scored. Um, it looks promising, man. It looks promising. So, uh, Luke, I want to transition here uh, yeah. to talking about the NFL. So, whether it's something on the field or off the field, what is something that has grabbed your attention, and we just we have to spend some time talking about today.
1: Okay. Yeah, I thought about this. I I think you had uh, a good story um, last week in terms of the old quarterbacks. I thought that was an interesting thing to talk about uh then today's also the trade deadline for the NFL so I thought about talking about that I don't know if any big trades have been have gone down in the last few minutes uh we're, we're right at the deadline right now yeah uh but what I really wanted to talk about then was um I bleed green so I wanted to talk about the last undefeated team in the NFL and uh kind of how they got there and uh What's making that really exciting for me right now?
0: Yeah, man. Why not? Give your team some love. They are the last <laughs> undefeated team. They are 7-0 and right That's now. Right. Yeah. Um, so for folks who might be casual fans of th- the Eagles, um, I-, I think you are our-, our resident Eagles fanatic. Talk to us about how they got here, how this all makes sense, given what you know about the team.
1: Sure. Um, so I really think that... For teams that don't have these great generational quarterbacks, the way that you can come up quickly and steal a Super Bowl is to have a quarterback on a rookie contract, yes. and then just spend all your resources elsewhere. And that's really what the Eagles, they did a few years ago with Carson Wentz, um, and then they had to retool a little bit because I guess they they put a little bit too much stock into the older guys and. Uh, this time around, I think they learned their lesson from a couple years ago, and they've given that money out to some younger guys, let let some other um, teams make some mistakes and have to drop players due to cap reasons. And um, I, the GM for the Eagles, or the president, Hallie Roseman, I think has done a really nice job in terms of um, really... I guess he's kicking the can down the road in some ways because he builds these contracts and gives people huge signing bonuses mm-hmm. with very small salaries. So if if you look at the Eagles' salary in three or four years, there's, there's already a lot on the books there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his thought is that the salary cap is continuing to rise every year. So mm-hmm. a dollar now is is worth differently than a dollar in three or four years. Um, And I think that's really allowed him to, he restructures a lot of contracts so that he can bring people in on a whim and um, didn't necessarily drill, build through the draft. Um, In fact, this year, everything he did was really just giving the Eagles more depth. He, He didn't go out and try to plug a hole. Ah, uh, their first pick was a defensive lineman. They're actually pretty strong on the defensive line. Yes, uh, but they recognize those guys are getting older, so they already have somebody groomed for their Hall of Famer, center uh, Kelsey, yep. who's, who's not necessarily the worst of the Kelsey brothers, and uh, he's right. He's been around for ten years or so, and uh, is really fun to watch. But they've already have a successor in for him. That's just learning from him. And we'll be hopefully ready to to pop right in.
0: Yeah, um, just so. smart, smart management, smart planning. Um, you know, so I don't even want to call it luck with the Jalen Hurts contract. And, and you're absolutely right. And that has become the trend. And GMs around the league recognize it. Is you know, if you can hit on a rookie quarterback who is at least serviceable, um, and and Jalen Hurts is certainly so much more than that, um, then you can really find ways to spend big. Around him. And I remember when they drafted Hertz in the second round out of Oklahoma, they already had Carson Wentz on yeah. the roster. And people were like, oh, this seems like a little bit of a luxury pick. But I think this speaks to Howie Roseman's talent for planning, for making the best of the draft, of free agency, of trades. This guy, in, in my eyes, is uh, fearless, uh, smart. Has, clearly has a good team around him right like the 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 front office I mean it's not no front yeah. office is ever one person um but the front office is clearly got some depth there um I want to I want to hear from you about Nick Siriani as well because he used to be the offensive coordinator of the Colts under Frank Reich this is his right. second or third year in Philly as coach uh
1: this is his second I believe
0: Crazy. And he seemed like a really under the, under the radar hire. I remember his first um, uh, press conference in Philly. I was like, Oh, this guy's over, overmatched. Right. So talk to us uh, about from your perspective, his talents as a coach, what he does really well.
1: Yeah. He stumbled through that. That scared me a lot. (laughs) I remember that press conference well, Um, but he really connects to the players. He, he goes in his interviews are more like challenges just to see how a play like he'll shoot horse with a player just to get them off their game and see how competitive they are. Mm. Um, everybody likes to play for him. Um, he's done some innovative things, too, in terms of Hurts. He recognized halfway through his rookie year as a coach. Um, the Eagles weren't doing that well, and he realized that they weren't using Hertz's legs at all. Um, And they completely switched all of a sudden to a running team. And I think they ended up in the NFL either first or second in terms of uh, running yards uh, last year. Mm -hmm. They've kind of continued with that. And uh, things like the quarterback sneak now, they've kind of innovated how to do that because they have a, a running quarterback that can really just put his head down and go forward. They actually have the running back behind the quarterback, just pushing the quarterback through a quarterback sneak. So I think things like that are pretty interesting that now he's more comfortable in his own skin and and where he sits um, and isn't having to prove himself necessarily this year. So it's, it's been fun to watch for sure.
0: Yeah. And it's clear that players respect him. You know, I, I think, Coaches get outed pretty quickly by their players, Um, if they are if they don't treat you with respect, if they don't know their X's and O's, if they don't know how to lead. And I always think that that's the challenge in the NFL with promoting coordinators. Is you can be great with your X's and O's, you can be great with having individual relationships with people on your side of the ball, but then the head coaching gig is about setting up. Program. It's about having, uh, you know, keeping tabs on every part of the organization, and uh, he he has just done beautifully with that. So, a uh, um, couple of things uh, I want to wrap up with here on the Eagles. Okay, I want to hear who is your personal favorite player on the team and why.
1: Uh, I would say Devonte Smith, uh, who's also on my fantasy team, so yep. I probably have him more highly regarded than others. Like he he got shut out in the first game, didn't have a single catch, um, which scared me a little bit uh, with AJ figuring out how to work with A.J. Brown. But he just uh, works those sidelines really well. I watched him a lot at Alabama as well. So I was really hoping that that was uh, the strategy for their draft. And they ended up going that way. They really needed a wide receiver at that point in time. but just the way he tiptoes the line and he's extremely reliable, I think he's... Uh, all these guys are humble too, which is mm. which is nice. Jalen Hurts works the hardest of anybody on the team. He, he doesn't take days off and it really shows. I mean, like you said before, Carson Wentz kind of crumbled. As soon as they brought in another quarterback for competition, he, he was not the same player again. He had some injuries and things, but that really got to his psyche. So you need to a special mindset and realizing that uh you have to earn your position. Yeah. And Hertz is that way this year they they didn't uh, hedge their bets necessarily. They have uh multiple first round draft picks if he didn't work out this yep. year. He was, he was the biggest question mark on the team, so yep. um they were ready to go a different direction and he he's proven himself worthy yeah. and you got him on your team, so
0: I got him I, and I I had a feeling there. And I've always liked him. Um, there's a, And it was clear that the Eagles believed in him. They obviously drafted him that high. They were willing to risk letting go of Carson Wentz, and they didn't bring in any other quarter, quarterback talent this year. And yeah, it, I mean, it could have been a one-year uh, audition, but it just seemed like... He was a good leader, a humble leader. They brought in a j Brown. You know, it's it's notable that they're really close friends off the field. And I just figured, oh, that can only work uh, in his favor to have one of his best friends as his uh, wide receiver, one who is like, by the way, one of the best wide receivers in the league as well. Mm-hmm. Um, last question here, who is and the Eagles have so many stars all over the field, offense and defense position players on the line, front seven, secondary. Who, in your opinion, is the most underrated player on the Eagles right now?
1: I would say it's actually Lane Johnson, who's a right tackle. A lot of times you see left tackles being the premier tackle position. In this case, uh, he he initially started at right tackle because they had another potential Hall of Famer, Jason Peters, on the other side when he first came on. They've never really moved him, and it showed... When they played the Cowboys the other week in prime time, um, he went out with a concussion halfway through the game and the Eagles were a different team without him. And you, you don't notice that when, when they're doing their job, just nobody comes from that side, but Micah Parsons all of a sudden, um, could get to the quarterback at will one guy missing from the team. And so So I think in terms of underrated, it's it's those linemen that you don't really know what you have until they're not there.
0: Yeah, great highlight. Um, Lane Johnson, I think he was he was a top five uh, overall pick. pick, I thought out of Oklahoma was it? I believe so. So he was he was real good, and he was a left tackle in college, as I recall. And I remember I don't know if the Eagles were the first team to do this, but they were the first that I recall that were like, let's take this left tackle caliber player. And put him on the right side. We are, and before that, people were like, just get one left tackle. You're good. Put whatever schlub you want right. on the right side and like we'll figure it out. And the t- Eagles were like, well, what if we have two amazing players um, at the tackle positions? He was one of the first, I mean, I think the first right tackle to get a gigantic contract extension because he was mm-hmm. that good. And I think right now in terms of tackle compensation in the league, he's still way up there. I don't know if it's top 10 or, or top five, but uh, the, the Eagles clearly know that he is um, you know, part of the heart and soul of that uh, offense. So appreciate you giving Lane Johnson some love here on the show. <laughs> um, Luke, are you ready for the mailbag?
1: I can't say that I am, but right. it's <laughs> yeah. a long time coming. So let's let's get at it. <laughs>
0: yeah. So so there's there's a mix of uh, of questions here, and I'm going to try to theme them. Um, part of it is that, and and I know one of the reasons people are happy to have you on um, the show is like we want to know more about you, more about your perspective, more about how you think, all, all, all that good stuff. So um, we're going to have some some more. Hey, Luke, what do you think? Questions up front, and then um, okay. uh, well they, they sort of progress from there. So question number one. Uh, and we'll go rapid fire on these. As someone who started in fantasy football outside our little corner of Bizarro Fantasy, what's your take on our scoring system? What would you change?
1: Okay, Uh, that's a good question. I actually really like this league. Um, I am a commissioner in another league that started 2009. Uh, It's almost unrecognizable from how we do things in this league. Uh, That's a 10 player keeper league so things move very slowly and people get very attached to their players to the point that i mean i have one original player tom brady who i drafted after he had missed a whole year of football um and it's just something it's hard to make a trade there because everybody is is um so enamored by their own players um just our draft is completely different. I know you picked up Kenneth Walker in the 16th round here. He was my pick in the first round with the fourth overall pick of that draft. Wow. So um, when I come up with draft boards, it's completely different um, for both of them. And that, that's been problematic in the past, too. If I don't spend enough time on learning new players and positions, then that's led to some 7th place and 8th place finishes in this league, too when i just don't put the upfront time in um but yeah i think in terms of what i would change after this year i i never really understood it but i i really like the idea of a super flex position hmm. um and it's probably not necessarily for most weeks and most teams but it gives you another option on um, the bye weeks in terms of how you want to play it. And I think you'll see if if we were to go to something like that, you can build your team a lot different ways. You can just go with two quarterbacks um, on the roster for the whole year. If you want to, you can load up on another position. And then the wide receiver position maybe is a little overvalued and that you can have a ton of those in this league. So maybe if there was another flex and or reducing Number of wide receivers by one—that would that would be something to consider.
0: Yeah, right on, right on. And uh, you actually addressed the second question here, um, which is, uh, is this your first league uh, or your only current league? And and the answer on on both counts seems to be uh, no. So, how many leagues are you in right now?
1: The, these are my only two now. Um, I've had ones with my high school friends before. They they did fizzle out years ago. Um, the friendship and- or the league. <laughs> Yes, uh, <laughs> just, just the league. And um, I also had one with my grad school friends, which lasted eight or nine years as well. But uh, I'm really impressed with what you guys have done to really hold it together and actually make it uh, even more fun. So while I have money in the other league, uh, this, this one to me is a lot more fun. So, right
0: on. so very kudos
1: n- to you all you guys for this.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so segue uh, on, on that front. We're looking at a 25th anniversary draft in Asheville for next year. Mm-hmm. What needs to happen to get you there?
1: I am very interested in going back. So I think my first year in the league was uh, it was at Brendan's house, and I showed up for the live draft there. He ended up uh, taking it that year as well. Yeah. So I got a a little taste of glory cuz I got to the championship game but I did get blown out there and then I haven't haven't recovered since then um like you pointed out in a in a uh, past episode I drafted Andrew Luck 1 year and 3 days later he decided he was no longer interested in football so I have a curse um on quarterbacks that's yeah I I would really like to go To this one and and we almost made it i almost made it work this past year um it's it's a difficult time of year so i won't give a hundred percent assurance but uh with with the way everybody's kind of come together this year too i'm very interested in going definitely anthony is a part of that too and that's uh if if i need we need we both are kind of encouraging each other that we need to go to the next one so Ash- Asheville's, I, I did look it up. It's eight hours away from here. So it's a, it's a trek.
0: But- also a direct flight from BWI. Just oh, gonna, that's, just that's good to know. Okay. <laughs> I also did my research, Luke. <laughs> um, anyways, we, we would love to have you there. I know it can be tricky as, uh, as school starts up and you've got kids and, and all that good stuff, but uh, we would love to have you there. So whatever it is that we can help um, make that happen, we'd love to uh, get you, whether it's in Asheville or, or another location on, on the East coast. Um, next question here, Luke, we hear you're a big Philadelphia fan. Why? And if you were on a sinking ship and could only save a franchise, Eagles, Phillies, and Flyers, oh, who would it be? And actually just take that second one. I mean, you're, you're a Philly fan cause you, I assume you, you grew up in Philly or you have a connection, but, uh, right. in the interest of time, if you could only save, uh, one of those teams, Eagles, Phillies, Flyers, who you got?
1: I, uh, I would say. I would have to go with the Eagles there, just because of uh, how much I put into them, how much I watch them throughout the year. NFL is now a year-long experience, so um, that's a tough one. Though Flyers are definitely fourth on the list. Is that right? So. After let's see, I think there was only three. Sixers, there. too.
0: So okay. So what order would you put it in?
1: Um, I would at this point I would say Eagles, Sixers, Phillies, Flyers, and I. I moved there when I was nine years old till, till adulthood. So I've been in the Philadelphia area to even to Penn state. uh,
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you guys have had just a terrific stretch in the last 15 or so years of, uh, of professional sports success after like not a ton for a very long time. So you're, you're living in some good times here. Um, all right, Luke, next question um. Tu, 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 tu. All right. How worried are you about Tua and another concussion? <laughs> I just read if, the if question.
1: I, I just read the questions here, man. If I was his family or his friend, I would tell him he needs to just relax. But uh, because I'm his manager in fantasy, I say go forward, man. What's the worst that could
0: happen? Right on. And hey, you you've got those four, three, four excellent uh, bench quarterbacks just, like, <laughs> waiting to, waiting to jump in for you. Um uh let's see last last one here. Um what is your favorite embarrassing or hilarious Anthony story?
1: Oh man. So Ant- Anthony's a really good guy. He's uh I'm not going to say anything bad about him. I I don't think he does anything really to embarrass himself. He has horrible dad jokes, which <laughs> of which I don't know off the top of my head. Uh but they're bad. I I see him as being the mayor of Lexington if he's there in ten years. Just uh, how he—he's very personable and he, he gets to know everybody and makes everyone feel good about themselves. I talk to him mostly about fantasy football on a yeah. weekly basis at this point too. When when he's making that drive back and forth between D.C. and Lexington, yep. so uh, no real embarrassing stories.
0: Yeah, had to read it just just to see if there was Mar- anything married to, to my here.
1: sister, so he's doing doing the family a big service there. <laughs>
0: uh luke you are about to be off the hot seat um want to do a preview of this week you are playing brendan this week in week nine you're projected to lose currently a lot of that looks like is because christian mccaffrey is on by saquon is on by jacoby Brissett, who has been at least serviceable as your second quarterback is on by as well um what is a bold prediction that you have for us? It could be about this week, your team, the NFL, the league. What is your bold prediction to wrap us up here?
1: Okay, yeah. I think this week could be a tough one for me just because of the buys. Uh, in terms of bold prediction, I'll actually uh, not kissing up to the host here, but I really like your team a lot, and I don't know how how we're both kind of in this bad situation where nothing's going right, but I think you're going to make the playoffs. I think you'll sneak in. You might blow everything to get there. Um, So I don't know how long you'll last, but it's, Your team is set up really nicely right now. So that's my prediction.
0: Dude, I hope so. I hope so. I appreciate that. Um, And Luke, moreover, I just appreciate you being here, making time for this. Uh, Thanks for everything. Thanks for giving us some insight. uh, And we look forward to seeing you in person soon.
1: Great. Thanks a lot, Zach. It was a lot of fun.